thought a long time about whether or not to preach on this Jonah text today because it's really good text. You know, the book of Jonah is only four, four, four chapters long. And in the first three, Jonah spends his time pouting and saying to God, I can't do what you want me to do, and I'm not going to do it. And then in the fourth chapter, he spends time pouting because he did what God said, and he didn't like the results. Um, so it's a book, really, about the prophet pouting. Um, and God convinces Jonah that he needs to knock it off by having him swallowed up by a fish and then spit out on the, on the beach. Um, But in between time, Jonah goes to Nineveh. And in the beginning, God has called Jonah to go to Nineveh and ask the whole nation to repent of its evil ways. And it's very interesting because we don't think about this much, but this is a text where it's a corporate request for repentance. Now, we do that in our worship bulletin. When you start the succession here of confession and repentance, what happens is we get a call to repentance that the liturgist reads, and then we have this unison prayer. The unison prayer is a corporate prayer of confession. It's what we as people do, or what we as a nation do, what we as a world does. Then we have silent prayer, and that's for us as individuals to confess our sins. And we do that quietly, so no one else hears. But Jonah goes to Nineveh, a place he doesn't want to go, a place he hates, with people who are evil and bad. And this is what happens. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying... Get up, go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim to it the message I will tell you. So Jonah set out and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly large city, a three days walk across. Jonah began to go into the city going a day's walk, and he cried out, Forty days more, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast, and everyone, great and small, put on sackcloth. And when God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed God's mind about the calamity that God had said would bring, would, God would bring upon them. And God did not do it. So, the people of Nineveh, that evil nation, altogether repented, and God spared them. There's got to be a lesson in there somewhere. But today we'll go to Mark, the first chapter. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. And Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee. 
And Jesus saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed Jesus. And as he went a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending the nets. And immediately he called to them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed Jesus. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So get get this, the kids are right when they go, no, I wouldn't follow that guy. Jesus is walking on the beach, and he goes, hey, you, come follow me. Jesus keeps walking on the beach, and he goes, hey, you, come follow me. And according to this story, they all go, yeah, sure, we'll leave everything we have, and here we come. It's Mark telling us a tale in the way that Mark tells it, which is to just be brief and immediate. I don't have to tell you all the details of how they got together and how Jesus had seen them and how they wanted to follow him. So when he called, of course they followed him. Mark just tells the story. Follow me. Okay, I'm on my way. The details of how it happened aren't important to Mark. But it makes the story a little stranger for us to follow. And now Jesus, beginning his ministry anew. Remember in Mark, there's no birth narrative. There's no story about how Jesus gets to earth. There's only... Jesus starting his ministry. So we're in, we're in verse 14 now. He's starting, he's starting new. And he finds four fishermen and says, hey, you, come on. And they come. And then he says this totally bizarre thing to them. And if you watch the movie The Chosen with us, and you're welcome to come at 9 on Sunday mornings or after worship, just not today because we're not doing it today. But um, Peter, Simon Peter in that film keeps going. He says, we're going to be fishing for people. What does that even mean? I don't get it. What is it to fish for people? And you heard Quentin. This, he's brilliant, right? This kid is brilliant. And he says, what is fish for people? It is to go out into the sea, get a bunch of fish, and give it to people. Then you're fishing for the people, right? That's genius. We're talking about, with the deacons, starting perhaps a community dinner once a week, once a month. Not once a week. Oh my gosh, that would be rough. Once a month. It's fishing for people, right? You go out, you get them a bunch of fish, you invite them in to eat. We all know that's not what Jesus meant. But it's hard to understand what that is exactly. 
This story is a call story, a story where God is saying to people, this is what I want from you. This is what you're called to do. This is what I am calling you to do. And all of us have that kind of call from God when we agree to follow. God has something in mind for each one of us. You are called to sing. Now I know that. I've heard you sing. You have been called to be a church. You've said this to me. You've been called to be a church musician since you were a little kid. And that's why I'm not a church musician, because you practiced when you were eight and I didn't. Right? That was your calling. It is your calling. It continues to be your calling. You out there, I don't know what your callings are, but you need to know. You need to be searching for a word from God about what that is. But for Simon and Andrew and Peter, Simon and Andrew and James and John, their calling was to fish for people. Now think about who those people became in Christian tradition. Simon, Peter... You've heard of St. Peter's Basilica? The rock on which the church was built, the foundation of the Roman Catholic Church? Andrew took the word of God clear to Scotland to preach. My ancestors talked a lot about St. Andrew. James stayed in Jerusalem to build the church. And he was martyred for it horribly. They threw him off the pinnacle of the temple. And John, John went to India to bring the word of God so that people could hear what it was to follow Jesus. That's what it is to fish for people, to cast your net wide and tell people what it is to follow Jesus. Now, I see you sitting in your pews like this. Because anytime I talk about any kind of thing to invite people into the, the, the Christian lifestyle, you glaze over. It's hard to do. No, it isn't. You make it hard. You have friends, you have family, you have people who are not churched, who do not follow Jesus, who need to know who Jesus is and how he saved us. Invite them in. Invite them in. Cast your net and invite them in. It's not hard. In a couple of weeks, we're going to have a soup and sandwich supper here. Invite them in. They don't have to worry about being proper or having the right churchy clothes or language or books or anything. They just have to be able to eat soup and sandwich and enjoy some company. We've got great ministry with our kids every third Saturday. 
Invite them and invite their friends and invite their friends' parents. We've got a youth group now. And I will tell you, the best category of people in this church I know for inviting are those youth. They're bringing their friends and they're asking other friends to come. Cast your net. For some reason, we have it in our heads that if we're going to invite people to follow Jesus, we have to have the whole of Christian history recorded in our brain and so we can spew it out to people so they know about what the Apostles' Creed was and and the split of the church from Orthodox to Roman in 10, whenever that was, 66. You don't need to know any of that stuff. You just need to say, come and follow. Come check it out for yourself. Come and see what's here. We did a visioning not too long ago with the officers of the church. And of course, the thing that comes up, we want to grow our church. We want more members. Cast your net. Invite people in. And yes, if the time comes when it becomes important for them to know, tell them how Jesus is moving in your life, what Jesus means to you, and how Jesus has changed who you are and how you live. But the first and foremost is to simply cast your net and invite them to follow along. I pray we're able to do that. Amen.